From Accelerate, this is Restore Your Power to Succeed, a podcast to help restoration professionals succeed both personally and in business. I am Rachel Stewart. I spent 12 years in the industry growing a restoration company from $1.5 million to over $20 million in annual revenue before founding Accelerate, an industry job management system to help contractors be successful by addressing the technology gaps that I faced every day. This podcast is dedicated to teaching everything I and other top performers in the industry have learned. From leadership and personal growth to industry-specific pain points, this podcast is for everyone. So let's get started as we restore your power to succeed. Thank you for joining me for the very first episode of Restore Your Power to Succeed. How fun is this? I absolutely love podcasts and consume most of my self-development and even a lot of my entertainment through this medium these days. My hope is that you gain a lot of value by listening in as we dive into the specifics in the restoration space. We're going to have a lot of awesome guests. We're going to talk about the nitty gritty and hopefully it provides a ton of value to you. So we now have the first month of 2021 under our belts. And for many of us, it may seem amazingly similar to 2020. For me, my high schoolers are still doing online school. I still wander the grocery stores and watch my daughter's soccer game in a mask. And yes, they are playing in a mask. And last weekend, my best friend's mom passed away from COVID after a nasty battle in the ICU on a ventilator. And because we happen to live in a hotbed state, her family has decided to forego funeral services for now. So yeah, all of this is a lot like 2020. And maybe you and your business took some punches. And when I talk to my restoration friends in the industry, it seems that they fall into two camps. Either it was a record-breaking year or it was a real challenge, and I'm missing a lot of that in between. But even if you are one of the lucky ones that had a record-breaking year in your business, I bet it still presented some challenges. So that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about how we approach the challenges in our life, in our business, and how we have the emotional resilience to weather these storms. Because I will tell you that the one thing I know about life is that even if you're currently riding a high, you're going to go through a low. This is just the nature of life and it's the nature of business. Highs and lows, glory days followed by valleys of struggle. And especially if you are someone who really wants to stretch themselves and grow, those successes are not going to come without some really low days, some overwhelm, some days when you feel like you're just running in mud, when it's just difficult to see how you're going to get to where your dreams are. So we're coming up on Super Bowl Sunday. And so I want to illustrate this principle with a football story. So let's look at the Manning brothers. We think of Eli and Peyton Manning, and we think of winners. They are known as two of the most successful quarterbacks to ever have played the game. And from this vantage point, you might think that they have always been winners. And for a good majority of their career, that's exactly what they were. 
Eli Manning is a two-time Super Bowl champion and one of the only five players in the history of the game to be named the Super Bowl MVP twice. He holds the Giants franchise record for the most passing yards, touchdown passes, and completed passes. And he never missed a game because of injury. He started in 210 consecutive games. And if that's not impressive enough, the fact that the family produced two of these all-star quarterbacks is amazing. So let's talk about Peyton for a minute. He's considered to be one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game, although I think Tom Brady may officially put an end to that debate here this weekend. Um, Peyton has two Super Bowl championships. Five, he's a five-time NFL Most Valuable Player. He's a seven-time first-team All-Pro He's three-time NFL passing yards leader and four-time NFL passing touchdown leader. <laughs> so, yeah, he's pretty good. But you know what both of these brothers aren't? They aren't perfect. They weren't perfect. Their careers weren't perfect. They didn't win every game and complete every pass. They didn't go without some serious tough periods. In fact, Eli had a zero passer rating his rookie season. For any of you non-football fans out there, a passer rating is calculated using a combination of a player's passing attempts, their completion yards, touchdowns, and interceptions, and it's on a scale between 0 and 158.3. I love that, that it's a .3. <laughs> on Gimlet Media's podcast, The Secret to Victory, Eli and Peyton joke that getting a passer rating of 0 is actually really hard to do. It's not easy being that bad and also having an NFL contract that extends into a career. Not to be overlooked, Peyton had some really tough rookie season moments. He still holds the record for rookie interceptions. But you know what? You know what made them successful? It was their ability to stay in the discomfort of failure long enough to see success. And that really isn't easy. It's painful to stay in discomfort. It's painful to be experiencing failure. The key is to be able to tolerate that discomfort long enough for things to come out on the other side. And after the break, we'll explore how to do just that. I have a question. Would you quit your job for this? Hi guys, my name is Nathan Link and I want to tell you a little bit about my background and why I'm here at Accelerate today. Two years ago, I quit my job. I liked my job. I had fun going to work every day. I worked at a Service Master franchise in Tacoma, Washington, where we did emergency services, water mitt, remediation, contents cleaning, and some biohazard. We were making progress and implementing solutions pretty much every day I was working. It was a ton of fun. And yet I left. I left a prominent position in an established company with great job security to move across the country and join a startup. Why would I do that? I moved my entire family from Washington to Arizona, from the cold, rainy Washington state to the hot, arid Arizona heat. I went from living in a home that I owned to an apartment. The crazy part is, it was right after having my first kid. So he's two months old and I'm taking my entire family cross country in a moving truck. Let me tell you, that was not that fun of a drive. So the question is, why did I do it? 
because I personally believe in technology and that it can make people's lives better. The restoration industry has been lagging behind all these other industries when it comes to technology, which is why I think there's an opportunity to improve the lives of restores everywhere. I came to Accelerate to bring new and innovative solutions to the restoration industry so that clients can have a better life. I'd love to show you what we've been working on and how your business can be improved by using Accelerate today. Welcome back. So we know that disappointment and failure is part of the journey to any growth. That's not anything new. But sometimes we forget that that really applies to us personally. We see that in the lives of people around us. But then when it comes to ourselves, that's a little bit harder pill to swallow. We are going to dive in and discuss ways to sustain and strengthen our ability to sit in that discomfort. But I want to be very clear about what I mean by staying in discomfort. So we all know the saying that the definition of insanity is to do what we've always done and to expect different results. That's not what I'm talking about here. Don't stay in discomfort that is a result of stagnation or a really bad strategy. <laughs> bad strategy is going to stay bad strategy. And I definitely don't mean to promote that we're prolonging misery that's unnecessary. Instead, I'm talking about staying in discomfort that is providing knowledge that you gain from learning from those failures. What I'm talking about is the discomfort that you can learn from, that you're gathering data as you're staying in that discomfort. So let's look at your business. If you were one of the group that had a pretty lousy 2020, maybe COVID hit you really hard because you were in a space and you were in verticals that were directly impacted by COVID, please don't stay there just hoping things are going to get better. If you approached it in March and said, hey, by the summer, this thing is all going to roll over and we're going to be back to normal, then you probably didn't end up with a very good year. The failure and discomfort that is effective is the kind where you are learning valuable information to make your strategy better. So what new approaches are you going to take in order to reach potential customers who are now remote? If your in-person sales game was really strong, what are you doing to try to reach the people who are now remote and getting inundated with virtual everything, virtual meetings, virtual advertisements, everything? How will you stand out? And how will you have this same impact? What new approach is needed? So if you're in the middle of this, trying to figure all this out, then yes, failure is going to be a part of it. Making some interceptions, some bad passes is going to be part of it. But if you're gathering that data and you're learning how to mine that and read the field and being able to put those practices into place so that next time you are successful, that's the failure I'm talking about. The other thing that is crucial in all of this process is emotional resilience. That is the ability to face setbacks, challenges, and disappointments with strength. It is about absorbing what there is to learn from those experiences without being crushed by them. It's building an immunity, so to speak, and this happens over time and only going through really difficult situations. So this is a skill that is important to develop for any leader, and it doesn't just happen overnight. I have seen young leadership. I'm speaking here 
of young and experienced, not necessarily age, absolutely buckle in the face of adversity and challenges, especially if they haven't built up emotional resilience over time. So the weight of high stake decisions is bad enough when you add to that possible pushback from others in the company or negative feedback that inevitably comes with a tough decision. That is going to put a lot of pressure on young leadership. And there will be pushback in hard decisions. That is the definition of a hard decision. The hard decisions are the ones that are going to have blowback, that are going to have consequences. And you have to have the backbone and emotional resilience to face that. And the weight and the burden of that can be pretty heavy. But just like any other weight, you can increase your ability to carry it and hold it over time. So let's look at emotional resilience as a muscle. The first time we lift something heavy, it's going to hurt. We're going to be sore and we're probably not going to be able to lift very much. So I have a 15-year-old son and in every way, he's more athletic than me. Um, Simply because he is a young male. He has way more muscles than I do. So he challenged me to a planking contest. At two minutes, I could see him start to shake. And I had to kind of make a tough decision there. So do I crush his ego or not? But all's fair in a planking challenge, right? By minute three, he was out. He was done. And I went another two minutes before I decided I might be crossing the line between, you know, just beating him and humiliation. So does that victory say anything about me or about him? Not really. He has way more natural ability than I do. He has far superior DNA makeup for building muscle. He has way more raw material and talent than I do by a long shot. All this means is that I had gone through the exercise of practice. Every 10 days or so, I had increased the amount of time I was planking by 30 seconds. The first couple weeks, I was having whole body shakes two minutes in just like he was. But over time, my ability to stay in a tight position increased until I hit over five minutes. And then at that time, I could throw a 35-pound plate on my back and plank for three minutes and slowly start increasing that until you can do five, five and a half minutes with a 45-pound plate. It's doable with a little consistency. It doesn't take that much talent. This same principle is true about carrying the weight of leadership. Anyone who has been in leadership positions for any length of time, especially enough time to have ridden the highs and lows a few times, knows that the weight of leadership can be extremely heavy. And just like building an immunity or building a muscle over time, each heavy load we build and carry, we come back stronger the next time. That is, if we approach it properly, We take time, we process it, we take rest and let our emotional strength rebuild. If we face something big and are able to bounce back from it, the next time we face it, it won't be nearly as overwhelming or heavy. We have built emotional resistance and strength. And this skill doesn't require any massive amounts of talent. It just takes consistent effort and practice. But you can shorten this process if you are intentional. So here are the takeaways from today, as well as assignments as you work to restore your power to succeed. Number one, 
Remember that if you are in a high, a low will be coming your way. What are you doing right now to prepare yourself for that moment? This does not mean that when you look for trouble and find it where it isn't, please don't do that. You should enjoy that moment with gratitude and humility and also realize that it won't last forever. And so be preparing yourself for the different side of that coin. Be smart, put some reserves away, make sure that you have some capacity to weather that storm and to be able to sit in discomfort. Number two, if you're in the middle of a bad rookie season or a bad mid-career season, keep taking those passes, but be learning from every single one. Take that data and make adjustments. Learn how to read the field. Put those mistakes to work for you. Be trying things, testing things. And then from that data, learn how to do things differently. And number three, learn how to extend the amount of time that you can be in discomfort. Work to strengthen those muscles. Strive to be someone who can weather the ups and downs of life and leadership in a way that is healthy, motivating, and sustainable. And please allow your teams to do the same thing. Don't rush in and try to make their burden easy for them. That is not building the leadership that they're going to need later on. And that's a wrap. Thanks so much for joining me today. To learn more about the Manning brothers and their NFL careers, I recommend Gimlet Media's podcast, The Secret to Victory. I'll link that in the show notes, along with our Accelerate website. If you want to come see a demo, we'd love to show you what we're doing. Next week, we'll be diving into some more industry-specific items as we discuss things to look for as you're trying to scale, particularly in terms of your numbers. And I'll see you next week. Thank you.